What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 323 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. This is the post game show of the Auburn Georgia game, where Georgia won 42 to 10, which marks six wins in a row over the Tigers and 15 out of 18, which is truly amazing if you lived through the early 90s watching Georgia football. But I digress. This is Will and Tony on the post game, and I hope you enjoy the show. And without any further delay, Here's Will to kick it all off. Hello, and welcome to the WSLS podcast post game after the Georgia Bulldogs defeated the Auburn Tigers. What was the final score? 42 to 10. 42 to 10. I'm Will Leach here, as always, with Tony Waller. Tony, you don't have to go solo this time. Uh, unlike last time, I'm not uh, wasting my time with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, the day uh, after after a Georgia game, I actually got to watch this one. I was there for that one. Uh, first half was a little choppy, uh, to say the least. But uh, I do feel that that little correction or that little like, okay, this is who we are thing that everyone's kind of been waiting for. I do kind of feel like we we saw that in the second half. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting to me that. Um, a lot of the narrative immediately after the game in media, whether that be national or local, was like, you know, Georgia struggles to put away Auburn or Georgia listless in first half wins game. And I'm like, this this looked like a 2017 game to me. It did. It looked like a game where it came out. They were like probing defenses, trying to figure out what worked. And then once they figured out once they figured out what worked and also they wore down Auburn, they just put their foot on the gas. Um, I I think there were probably, I think I agree with a lot of people, there were some points left on the board in the first half. But when you look at the drive chart in the second half, you know, they had the ball one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Um, they ran the last three minutes and 50 seconds off with the ball. Uh, so that's the end of half. They punted once. They fumbled once. They had four touchdowns. So, uh, you know, yeah. I wish we hadn't punted the ball five times. I will say on the first half drives where we looked where where we went three and out or quickly went out, uh, two of those were caused by untimely penalties. Uh, and then the missed field goal, right? You know, that was not I thought it was in, but you were probably where you were sitting, it was a little more obvious that it didn't. Uh, but overall, when you beat Auburn by uh thirty-two points, they score a first half touchdown for the first time, a second half touchdown for the very first time in 15 years in Athens. And they thought they found something when they did. I'll take that. Yeah. And to me, the only real cause, I mean, they, they were a little sluggish starting. I don't think there's any question about that, but I would say really it was really more Stetson looked a little sluggish uh, and certainly his numbers looked pretty rough in the first half. And it did kind of look like they were doing the, Let's make him beat us deep. Let's make him uh, throw the long uh, ball type of game. And it did kind of, you know, speak to what we were talking about on the on the pregame show, which is the idea that it seemed like people were kind of the defenses were trying to kind of mess muck up the muck up the machinery a little bit uh, of the Munkin offense. But the second half, really, that Stetson run, you know, was a definitive. Uh, okay, we back. Sort of, uh, sort of play, and I and I'm pretty curious to see if that's something that they build on uh, moving forward. I have to say, for, for it, it's a pretty wild place to be that Auburn can feel four, is down fourteen nothing uh, against Georgia, 
And everyone is like, wow, all right, Auburn's got a little bit of finishing kick <laughs> yet. And particularly with everything that went bad, bad in the second half. I, I I I think that with Alabama's struggles, we'll see, you know, people will know uh, if they uh if they end up uh going back to number one. I doubt it. Feels like maybe not quite yet. Uh, but certainly uh, it did feel like the progression of what was basically what eight consecutive or seven consecutive kind of rough quarters, I guess, uh, excepting the, the, the Missouri uh, fourth quarter uh, that seemed to stop. This looks like a team that this looks like a team that's getting back on its feet a little bit. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Again, I think you're right. They uh, Auburn basically sold out uh, the front. There were so many times where I looked up and was like, well, they're in cover zero um, that I was a little surprised. Rise, we didn't go downfield a little faster. I also think that was part of Munkin's plan. Is like, look, we just want to get we want to get Stetson back in a rhythm. I, I've I, I don't know anything about this. I've just heard a couple of little like here and there that his shoulder was dinged up a little bit, which uh, it looked like he was floating some passes. I don't think Auburn. I mean, Auburn got in his face a couple of times, but he certainly faced less pass rush than he did against Missouri, for example. Um, and then I'm glad you brought up that rhyme because I was I was hoping we'd talk about that for 20 minutes. Um, it was a perfectly designed, called at the perfect time, quarterback keeper. And yeah, I know you, well, I assume you sat where you normally sat over in like 120, 119. But I, and it could just be wish casting on my part because, you know, I sit in 120. He was running down towards that end zone. When he broke past the line of scrimmage and there was all that open space, he started smiling. I mean, he literally was, like he was running and everybody's like, well, you know, he, the reason Stetson, he's just not as fast as people think he outran two linebackers and he outran a safety that yes, called up to him, but had a great angle on him and after 65 yards. So I, he was, that was a, that was one of those plays. Look, I still don't think Stetson's going to win the Heisman, but that is one of those plays. If he, he ratchets up the passing game, the passing game happens like it happened the first couple of games that that is a play they will show at the Heisman ceremony because he just literally like broke open in the middle and outran four dudes to the end zone. Yeah. And, and, and again, like that is, I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, you know, whatever one's thoughts about Auburn, you're supposed to have some speed, right? And they're supposed to be able to, to push up a little bit. And I think that's the thing. Do you think, just have curiosity, we haven't heard anything yet. I this did. Uh, I feel like for Harson to get fired today would have been have to be like a 49 to 3. <laughs> I don't know, 42-10 <laughs> uh, gets it just over over the side of it. Maybe 42-10 uh, allows him to, to, to keep his job for a day. But I think it kind of, you know, one of my favorite stats this week was the idea that Georgia has actually lost more to Georgia Tech over the last 15 years than it did to Auburn. They don't, they seem as far away as they ever have, right? Even when Georgia's been even behind Auburn or at least equal with Auburn, it feels like they've handled Auburn. Auburn feels like really, really far away right now. Yeah, it's funny. We uh, we, we were having a discussion at the tailgate with uh, Tiffany and Wayne that is stunning to me that, well, and now Georgia's 15 and three in the last 18 games. It is stunning to me that um, <laughs> the three times that Auburn has won, one of the two teams played in the national championship game. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the, one of the times Auburn won it, um, that, that where I, I can remember or in, in, in the late aughts where the whole narrative around this is like, this is the deep South soldiers robbery. And the teams are, you know, I don't remember what the record was, but I could, I could back figure it was something like 57, 57 and three. And they were within two points of one another. 
And now Georgia has a full 10 plus game lead on them. Um, it is, it is stunning to me that, uh, we, I still get ramped up about Auburn away. I don't about Georgia tech and maybe that's misplaced. So where are we with Stetson now after that second half? Like I, you already, I, it was fine. I was made, I made a joke in our section. I was like, I was like, put in JT in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the first half. And the, and there was a guy behind me that did not know me. And um, I mean, kind of like that guy's never going to get a break. I'm like, I'm kidding, man. Like I, I know JT's not here. B come on. Like this is, that's, that's the joke of it. But you know how Georgia fans are, right? Yeah, no, we, <laughs> at a certain we're, level, we're never we're never one to shy away from finding slight somewhere. Yeah, uh, but I, I do think that you know I, I think you've seen with the offense when it's kind of had its good moments and its bad moments. It really, like, it's really is. It's funny to think that Stetson was what fourth string or fifth string, like like a, like a year and a half ago, because. He, whatever your thoughts about him and 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 what he can what cannot do, he is the one that runs and drives this entire office. He's monking on the field, right? And oh yeah, and, and when they've struggled, uh, he's struggled. But then when it's working great, it feels like they're unstoppable. And I think uh, for better or worse, this the, this team is going to rise and fall. It just seems kind of hilarious to me how much time there was in the off season. We're like, well, maybe maybe Sessions just like end as a national champion. And as a national champion, and uh, go go sell insurance, and go never buy buy a beer in Athens again. And now he feels like, like again, he's obviously not the uh, skill player. We saw some guys. We saw Robinson, obviously a, a big part of that. But uh, the whole offense rises and falls with what he is or is not doing. Yeah, I, I think. Look, his second half numbers were something like fifteen of nineteen for one hundred and seventy yards, um, and he. Uh, you know, he also ran for 64 yards. Um, he delivered the ball around. I thought it was interesting. Oscar Delp coming on at the end and in kind of being the primary tight end receiver. I haven't seen anything about Brock Bowers or um Darnell Washington. Uh the coaches, the coach much said, Yeah, look, we don't want anyone else getting hurt or maimed by Darnell Washington on crackback blocks. Um, but you know, I I I I the point you made about the, the offense run through Stetson is clear ties, right? I mean, in the idea that, um, well, Stetson's just coming back and they're just giving him the job because he, you know, you can't fire a national winning, national championship winning quarterback. Um, no, that's no, you, you don't fire someone who has the ability to work with offensive coordinator, whatever the physical or talent limitations either are or perceived. And you, you have to let, you have to, you have to both, let them do their thing and trust that they're doing it well because we saw down the field yesterday as bad as we looked in the first half against Missouri and as not great as we looked in the first half against Auburn. The the fact of the matter is, is the quarterback that, that led us to the win against Michigan led us from down against Alabama in the national championship game in the fourth quarter and led us back against Missouri last week in, in, Scored what uh, thirty five second half points or no? It was fourteen. So twenty eight second half points, all touchdowns, um, in which he was personally responsible for one of. Um, yeah, I, I think he's done the benefit of the doubt at this point for for anyone who wants to say Stetson can't get it done. Um, is at that point you're just trying to make a narrative, regardless of what happens the rest of the season. What did you think of the run game? Did we get any, any more clarity on that? It was some interesting wrinkles, some some new faces, really. 
Yeah, you know, I, we I talked about last week, both in the the um, the post game and the um, and our our weekly. That I felt like that Robinson and Edwards had earned a few more uh, touches, just because they they tend to run a little more physically, which is weird considering you know what what Kenny McIntosh what he looks like. Uh, McIntosh and Milton both ran the ball well. It's just like I right now I think Edwards and Robinson are are more. I think they run the ball a little more physically or more willing to take the ball to contact. Uh, and that's what, that's what we need. Um, you know, both of those guys had 12 touches. Well, our top two running backs had 24 rushes for 183 yards. Um, I was a little surprised Milton didn't get more looks uh, when he was in, but I also think that um, last week's blocking breakdowns uh, when McIntosh and Milton were in, I think I don't, I coaches have said this, but, I feel like they certainly think they are um, Robinson and Edwards have earned the running back touches and the running back snaps because of their blocking. Um, because that, that no matter what you do, that I think both Munkin and Kirby would tell you that you, um, you, you earn the right to run the football by how you block in the passing game. All right. Well, we can, we will have plenty more to wrap up on Auburn uh, that I'd like, we can talk a little uh, non uh, Georgia. So if anything more you want to add before we start uh, talking about uh, where people can uh, clay uh, can uh, clothe their, uh, their shirtless children. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I do want to mention that um, I, if you are not paying attention and if you weren't, because it was not a, a pretty football game, the Illinois one over Iowa last night, which means they moved oh, to five yes. one mm-hmm. and, Probably will fall off the list as the uh, longest drought of a, uh, AP drought of Power Five teams this week. Maybe, uh, maybe it's going to be close. It's going to yeah. be close. They yeah, were thirty six last week. Yeah, I don't think people love Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Fair to say, but yeah, uh, certainly we, uh, winning nine six is not terrible. Rank them cowards. Well, listen. Uh, should we go to the seven six apparel and see if they can make some Illini stuff for us? I would. Well, I would love, you know, uh, the, the, yeah, a, the least they can do for the- me. It's a little off the brand, but yeah. you know they can make sure your kids have shirts. So um, <laughs> I do want to say that uh, the, we I had uh, one of those fortuitous moments where a guy I'd never met, uh, a friend of Rad's, came up yesterday and was and I was like, "Hey man, that's a good looking shirt." He's like, <laughs> I, "I appreciate it." I was like, "Where'd you get that shirt?" And he was like, um, "It's a website." I said, "The76.com." He's like, "Yes, The76.com." Swear to God, exactly how happened. I said, "Exactly how it went." Exactly how it went. Yeah, I said, "Did you know that?" If you next time you order from there, if you enter the code WSLS, you get free shipping. He said, I do wish I had known that before. Yeah. Um, those are those are good looking shirts they have. I'm not I'm not trying to 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 trigger Will about the Cardinals uh losing to the Phillies, but they do have a pretty cool uh Braves collection uh for Braves winning the division for the fifth year in a row. Um and um I tell you what, Will, if your kids need clothes, you know you can go to d76.com and get them. That's good to know. That's good to know. And uh, and because well, after the Cardinals lost the other night, I burnt everything in my house. So they have no they have no clothes to wear. I have no place to live. Uh, what's going on? Someone please help. Well, um, yeah, I'm glad you handled it rationally. I did. I did. Of course. I mean, like, well, how else would I handle it? Of course, that's how I would handle it. Um, any, uh, what did you think of that Alabama game? Last? I, I thank you for my Illini shout out. They are now five and one. If they beat Minnesota next week. Um, it's really going to come down to Illinois at Nebraska to see who plays Ohio State or Michigan <laughs> in the national championship game, which is really kind of incredible. Um, yeah, nine six, very very uh, perfect Iowa Bielema game. Illinois actually, you know, Tommy DeVito got hurt. 
Yeah, I was weird. I, I it was weird because I had I was flipping back and forth, and I did not watch the first like quarter of that game. And then you turn around and Art Strakowski, not Strakowski, yeah. Art Sitkowski, 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 Sitkowski's in. I was like, oh my goodness, what has happened to our beautiful Italian baby, uh, Tommy DeVito? <laughs> and uh, I, I never got any clarity on it. But Sitkowski handled himself well. He, um, uh, you know, they other than almost fumbling the ball after, yeah, and a brutal interception, yeah, and a brutal interception that could have cost him if they'd been playing anyone other than Iowa. But they were playing Iowa, so yeah. uh, so it was very helpful. Well, at some point, I was, um, you know what? We're going to do the minimum possible in offense and count on our punter to win the game for us. It's gonna, it's not gonna help them. Okay, so, how about Alabama? What do you think of that one? I was a little surprised. I, I, I think, I obviously, uh, Bryce Young being gone is a is a difference maker for them. I was texting with with Matt Adair about this during the game. Um, the way they start out with Milrow, I was really surprised. I mean, he. He obviously has he, – he's young, right? And he is exactly what you expect to have. He's high risk, high reward. Um, I, I felt like – I'm going to say something nice about Jimbo before I say something bad about Jimbo. I think what they did in adjusting their defense to make Milro throw the ball more and get the ball out of Milro's hands faster uh, was smart. And it worked because that game had all the makings of Alabama winning 42-10. to 10. For a long time, and then they the Alabama's offense just kind of sputtered to a stop. Um, but I don't, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher, he has that massive contract. He's supposed to be offensive genius. You got to have something better dialed up than a a goal line out mm-hmm. uh, when you have a one play to win the ball game situation. You just have to because here's the thing: you throw the ball before the, the before it gets to the goal line. There are a lot of bad things that can happen. There's only one good thing that happened, and two things have to happen there. Three things actually. The quarterback's got to deliver the ball well. Second off, the receiver's got to catch the ball, uh, and then he's also got to get upfield. It's just a bad play call. Um, but they did look wobbly. And look, I, I would I would tell any Georgia fan, Alabama's still a national championship looking team. This is what national championship teams do. They play clunkers. It's altogether possible that we'll look back on the Missouri game or Kent State game or the Tennessee game later and like, okay, yeah, I saw that out of that team. And you're still playing in LA in January. So it's fine. It's fine. And and the fact that uh Jimbo got away with running his mouth in June and Saban did not hang 77 points on him. That uh I, I mean, Saban might retire this year and never get sued, but I think Saban will always keep this uh this game circled <laughs> as long as he coaches. And and I think the other really kind of development. Today, yesterday, and the SEC, Whew, uh, I think Tennessee's going to be something. Yeah, they're starting to look starting to look legit um, in a way that I would not have been willing to admit earlier in the season. So um, that game uh, coming up after Georgia Florida is going to be massive, and it will be for the East, regardless of what happens next week against Alabama with uh, Tennessee playing Alabama. Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, no matter what happens, that's an that's an SEC that that's the East game. That is yep. the East game. So absolutely. Um, all right. Well, we will wrap all that up. We'll be back. We'll be around uh, Tuesday night uh, or Tuesday afternoon. And we'll talk about that actually. Uh, but we'll talk about that uh, at some point. But uh, we'll be back Tuesday to preview Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, uh, who hey gave Mississippi a game yesterday. I thought good for them. Mississippi corrected something and figured out in the second half. But uh, you know, uh, good, good for uh, they're making baby steps over there. I guess that's all you can ask. Yeah, it. it uh, there were the chatter went through the when it was like. They were up by 10 twice. Chatter went through and like 
four minutes later. Oh, they're down by eight. Yeah, it happened real fast. Yeah, it happened real fast. Of course, correct. Um, All right, well, we'll be back. Uh, We'll be back to talk Tuesday. Uh, Have a good one. And uh, Tony, uh, until then, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks much for listening. Make sure to go to the76.com and order all of your Braves and Bulldog apparel. Use code WSLS at checkout for free shipping. And we'll be back on Wednesday morning. We're going to record on Tuesday night, but the episode will be up Wednesday morning with our Georgia versus Vanderbilt preview. Should be another awesome home game for uh, all of us, like we experienced yesterday. 3.30 kickoff, probably beautiful weather. I haven't checked the weather, but, you know, this time of year, it's probably going to be gorgeous. So we'll see you on campus next weekend. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.